Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The Ontario government's line-by-line audit of government spending was released yesterday. This is by Ernst & Young and recommends changes of what, how to get the deficit, they say, under control. Now, the Treasury Board president has stressed that the government is not going to cut any jobs, but they are going to rein in expenses. Uh, just how do they intend to do this? Well, it's got a lot of people concerned about the methodology, I suppose, and exactly what they're going to be targeting. Barry Kay joins us, political science professor at Wilfrid Laurier University, uh, specializing, of course, in Canadian and U.S. politics. Barry, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Good morning, Bill. Let let me ask you right up front, from a philosophical standpoint, if they're going to cut and try and $6 billion in savings uh, and and find what they say, efficiencies, I mean, is is efficiencies a euphemism for cuts and job losses and, and program cuts? Sure. Uh, back during the election, uh, the uh, the current premier uh, Ford was kept talking about the fact he was going to find places. Efficiencies was the euphemism he used, uh, without being at all specific about where it was going to be. And one gets the sense that indeed they're just sort of pet issues that he uh, pet problems that he thinks are are not necessary for the for the public. But there was never much um, transparency as to what was actually going to be cut. The, the notion that, um, the, you know, it's almost predictable every time there's a takeover of a new party in government in Queen's Park, maybe in Ottawa too, but certainly in Queen's Park, they always complain that the books are so much worse than they thought that the previous government hid things in, in, in various ways such that the economic uh, situation facing the province is terrible. This isn't new. I'm sure the Liberals did it when they replaced the Conservatives, the Conservatives when they replaced the NDP and so forth. It goes back into time. But there never was a great deal of discussion about where it was all to come from. The idea of um, not cutting jobs, I believe that. <clears throat> not cutting, at least, not cutting, not firing people. Um, cut, jobs certainly are going to be cut. They're going to be cut with regard to uh, attrition. And we're frankly, we're seeing it at the university. Uh, we're, the university being funded in, in large part, not ex- completely, uh, by, the, uh, by the provincial government. Um, there are, when people retire at my university and on many other universities across the province, uh, they are not replaced, certainly not replaced by full-time people. They're replaced, perhaps in some cases, by, uh, by part-timers uh, getting a, a part-time salary, which is very much a small fraction of what might otherwise have been the case. Now, that's just one example that I happen to be close to, but this is the kind of thing that is going on. I'm not sure what all the programs are yet. I suspect that uh, the premier isn't sure yet, but this will be the rationale for him to sort of go after programs that he's just not sympathetic to because they don't favor people like him or people that he's philosophically, uh, you know, simpatico with. Well, and we've seen that already with a couple of the announcements they've made. I mean, you know, the the the, the PharmaCare project, of course, that was going to give uh, increased, uh, you know, f- uh, prescription uh, coverage is gone. Uh, they simply said, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, so that's that's not a, a, you know, they're not caught firing anybody for that, but it's going to mean less service. And I, I guess what we need to do is, is try to get some determination here as to exactly which ones they're going to target. Yeah, the guaranteed income uh, program. Yeah, that's gone too, yeah. Hamilton, yeah, that, that's another example. There's going to be more, but it's going to be 4% of the budget. Um, I'm not surprised that this was happening, at least in the general sense. What the specific targets are, I'm not sure. And I, 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 frankly, I'm not sure that he knows yet either. And it may be influenced somewhat. Look, there's, there's games playing with these budgets all along. The Liberals did it, and I'm sure the Conservatives did it before, in terms of trying to, using various mechanisms to try to make the, the budget deficit look less than it might otherwise be. 
So th- there is some legitimacy to his criticism about the fact that the Liberals probably were playing games with the way that they did the budgeting, because everybody does it. Oh, sure. I'm sure the next government that will also one day replace him will probably be saying the same thing. I, yeah, but there's, there's... Well, I'll give you an example. I mean, when Mike Harris took over in 1995, uh, very much the same mantra, by the way. We've got to find efficiencies. We've got to get the, the budget under control, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and one of the first things you looked at was social assistance and simply said, I think about a third of the people on there are cheating the system, so I'm slashing the rates. He had no science behind that at all, but he did it anyway. And and you have to ask yourself, well, what are they going to be targeting? Because the Ernst & Young report that was released yesterday, Barry, says that, yeah, the liberal government spent a lot of money, but most of it was on education and health care, uh, which I, I, I would think would be sacred cows in some people's minds, but maybe not so much with the new government. There are going to be they're being cuts again. I, I don't know what all the other universities are doing, but I know we're already facing cuts of five to ten percent, and we've been doing that for several years in a row. And unfortunately, the people who are are affected are people frequently at the bottom of the ladder. Um, I no longer have somebody to, in to clean my office. Uh, people, and again, I don't want to personalize and make it sound like I'm at at great risk or problem. It's not. But it's just the fact that the people whose jobs are at risk are the people who come in and do the cleaning and who are in the, the, the most vulnerable positions. And I suspect that's also going to pertain to, I'm not sure yet because the announcements haven't been made, so I don't want to prejudge them. But yeah, my guess is that conservative governments tend to be less sympathetic to people at the bottom rung of the ladder in society who are dependent on, on various social, social safety programs. Uh, we'll see how it's going, but um, this is just the way it's going to be. And I think a lot of the, the thing that troubles me about Ford, it's interesting with regard, I know it's an issue that's kind of passed now with regard to the uh, city council of Toronto being downsized. Um, ultimately, he didn't have to use the, um, the notwithstanding clause as he threatened. But the fact that he was prepared to do that suggests he's kind of bloody-minded about this whole thing. When he decides he knows what's best for everybody, he's not listening to other people around him. And I think we saw it on that particular issue. It turned out that the courts ultimately um, agreed with his position anyway. But I think that's what we're into. My, my fear is that he is not going to be listening to some of the more conventional middle-of-the-road conservatives in terms of the kinds of choices he's going to be making about policy cuts. What about the usual uh, targets in situations like this? Uh, I went over to get a bottle of wine last weekend uh, at the LCBO, and, and we got into a discussion with one of the staff members there. And he says, you know, he's going to come back and, and start running after us because the conservative governments always do that. You know, we're going to sell the LCBO. They haven't said that yet, but uh, they have talked about dumping assets, and obviously that's one of them. Yeah, although that is a cash cow for the province, and I think, I, I'm not sure that the LCBO would be targeted. Philosophically, he probably would be uh, sympathetic to privatizing things as much as he could. Um, I'm not sure that will be the case there because the, LC, the LCBO um, and the beer store, for that matter, too, probably bring, bring in money for the province. Uh, that's not to prejudge or to suggest that I know what's going to happen. I don't know, and as I, I say, I don't think those decisions have been made yet. But this is just the, the natural orientation of this particular individual. And again, I'm most troubled by the fact that he does not seem to be, uh, uh, there's going to be some unfavorable comparisons made with our neighbor, the leadership of our neighbor to the south, but that he just does not listen to people around him. That's my real fear, because I think that's what happened in the Toronto City Council case. It didn't turn out that it was necessary, but I think it's revealing the way he handled the situation there. Well, and, and again, it comes down to methodology, as you say. I, I, you know, the contract disputes that, uh, that uh, some colleges and, and, and teachers unions have had over the last little while is about the fact that, like you say, part-time positions are evaporating uh, as people retire. Nobody's getting laid off. You're absolutely right. Uh, but, you know, once that person who's full-time retires, they said, well, you know what, we, you can have a part-time person if you want, but that means no benefits, that means probably less salary. So there, there is, a, a, there is a, a, a way of doing this, and it's really wordsmithing, isn't it? 
a lot of it's indirect, but various agencies and programs and policies that are influenced by provincial government spending and the uh, health, of course, the health and education sectors are, are rife with that. It runs all the way through. That's where cuts are going to be made because close to three quarters, not quite, but close to three quarters of provincial spending, certainly over 70% of provincial spending goes to education and health care. It'll affect transportation. It'll affect parks and recreation. It'll affect a lot of other things, too. But the real bucks are in health and education and those sectors just better watch out. Well, and and because they're the targets, and, and you're absolutely right. I want to be clear about this. I mean, we're speculating about what the Ford government's going to do. Uh, nobody's got uh, clean hands on this. I mean, because the Liberal government was responsible for an awful lot of the cuts, that, and they don't close things down. They just reduce the funding for them and, and put the pressure on those agencies or institutions, and it, whether it's a healthcare or an educational institution, to try to make do with less. And oftentimes, that's a, a pretty daunting task. I agree. I agree. Um, the, and, and frankly, it allows the, the specifics to be determined by people in other positions other than his own. So the provincial government's responsible for the lack of money, but the frequent, frequently the decisions about who's, which job is not going to get replaced is, is taken care of by people further on, uh, further on down the line. Uh, and we're seeing, again, uh, it's, it's interesting, again, at the university, for the first time in my memory, I think our, pol- our particular department does not have any room in any course. Every, uh, every course has a waiting list, uh, at least political science at Laurier I'm talking about now. Uh, and uh, we're just seeing more pressure and squeezing. I don't want to make it sound like our problem. I'm, I'm doing just fine, and the people I'm close to are okay as well. But there are people who are being squeezed in the system. People are not getting the courses they would like to get at, is to use this example. But people aren't going to have the same kind of access to various specialized healthcare programs, various other kind of programs, particularly assisting the disadvantaged in our society. That is the sector of society that I think this particular government and this particular premier are probably less sympathetic to. But we'll, we'll see just how it's going to play out. But there are, without question, going to be cuts. And, and let me say, some of those cuts were beginning even before uh, Ford came into power because the liberals were doing the same sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just a matter of, you know, it doesn't matter who's in the corner office over there. It just seems to be the way that they do things. Uh, but I guess the thing concerns an awful lot of people is the, 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 the way they look at this right now, it, the bottom line seems to be the number one priority here, not necessarily the effect it's going to have on programs or effect on communities. Yep. Yep. Um, that's, that's where it is. Again, we're, we're still sort of in, in the dark and, and speculating about just what's going to happen. Uh, I'm in a position where I could be retired at this point, and, and frankly, I love my job, and I'm happy with the people I work with, so I'm in no rush to retire. But I will not be replaced, and as a result, my department, the administration, might be happy to see full-time faculty go. But the department doesn't want people like me to go because of the fact that we will not be able to, I will not be replaced in the same kind of way. And that, that may be a mind, I'm not sure everyone else in the society is as happy with their job as I am, but this is a, a consideration that there's going to be resistance, uh, there's going to be encouragement for people to not give up their jobs for fear that, they, that that job isn't going to be done by anybody in the future. What about, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll use that ugly word that, uh, that's been kicking around for about the last 20 years now, downloading. Uh, could well be. Uh, certainly that was sort of the hallmark of the, um, of the uh, conservative government under Harris. I'm not sure. Again, I, 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 I always wondered about the city. I keep coming back to the city council decision because that's perhaps been the most controversial so far in terms of, of decisions. Um, it was suggested that he was just getting even with downtown councillors who hadn't treated him well. But in fact, when one looks at the, the whole formation of Toronto City Council, there are going to be as many conservative supporters of, um, of the Ford government that are probably going to lose their jobs because there just won't be as many city councillors as before. I'm not sure the overall decision-making on Toronto City Council is going to be so fundamentally different. Uh, if one looks at Toronto City Council normally, 
Uh, it's not the left that usually dominates or the right that usually dominates. It's sort of the swing voters in between. Um, and when one looks at the gathers, yeah, there's going to be um, fewer people in areas like um, uh, Trinity Spadina and the, uh, the, uh, the downtown Toronto Center ridings and Danforth and so forth. But there's going to be fewer, uh, fewer people from Etobicoke North and from Scarborough, areas that have supported the Conservatives. Um, and it may be that he just feels that the provincial um, government will be able to have more leeway with a smaller council. I, I, I still don't quite understand it. I don't think it's that it, it really helps the right and hurts the left in the context of Toronto City Council. Uh, but um, goodness knows what's in his mind. He, he's certainly somebody who has his a priori prejudice and ideas from the past. Doesn't seem to be particularly susceptible. We'll see. It's still early days, and I, I don't want to make final suggestions, but I, I was really troubled by the, the fact that he would use such a sledgehammer uh, with the notwithstanding clause for what seemed to me a relatively trivial matter in terms of whether there were 22 more or less members of Toronto City Council. But this is somebody who, in fact, I think knows his own mind and is, is frequently prepared to resist the, the advice of more moderate uh, forces around him. And that's, I'm afraid, I, in my mind, I'm uh, fearful of likening it to, uh, to what Donald Trump's doing in the States. The other mantra here that, that just about every government follows is uh, if you're going to do something drastic uh, that's going to have an impact, you usually do it in the first year or two of your mandate. Yeah, yeah, uh, people, which, might, yep, we're, people won't be so mindful of it come uh, 2022 in the next uh, provincial election. Uh, yeah, he's certainly coming out with a bang, it seems, and this uh, this uh, report from Ernst & Young is, is an example of what he might do. But it, it, we're, we're just seeing parameters with that. We're not seeing the specifics, and uh, I'm sure he's got his, um, you know, his, his staff people working on all sorts of ideas to cut programs. But programs will be cut, and people, who, particularly those that are concerned and dependent on the health and education sectors, frankly all programs, but the health and education sectors uh, should be uh, wary of this and perhaps prepared to uh, raise the stink as best they can. Well, Smokey Thomas, uh, Warren Smokey Thomas, the president of the Ontario Public Service Employees Union, has already spoken about this, and he's very wary about what this is going to do to his people uh, for the reason that you just explained. I mean, they, you know, they're not going to fire people necessarily, but they say as people retire through attrition, they're going to be fewer people in the workforce. And the civil service always seems to be a target when governments look for austerity. They've already announced that there's going to be a freeze on new, I guess, permanent positions. Yeah. There will be certain things that will have to be done. They may be done on a contract or short-term basis. Um, we'll see. Oh, yeah, Thomas, well, he knows what's going on there. Um, th- th- this isn't a brand-new phenomenon. We certainly saw it in the Harris days, and we saw it perhaps to a lesser extent in the intervening period with the, uh, with the liberals. But, yeah, there are just going to be fewer people doing things, and goodness knows, uh, again, the, uh, the problem for the, in the old days with the Harris decisions, of course, it led to Walkerton. There weren't people that were sort of monitoring water safety in that particular part of the province. And that, not uncoincidentally, sort of led to these, the change in public opinion that led to the, the ultimate defeat of the Conservative government. I hope it doesn't get so bad that that's what's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if things are moving in that direction. Barry Kay from Wilfrid Laurier University. As always, Barry, thanks so much for this. Thank you. Bye-bye now. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.